Hello and welcome to The Dirt, in partnership with Marshall's Garden. We're the podcast that is running out of gardening puns, so let us know if you've got any. I'm Laura, editor of Grow Your Own magazine. And I'm G.Y.O.'s Deputy Blake. Later in the episode, we'll be talking about a lockdown gardening club that is helping to keep kids active and discussing news of a pollution-absorbing super plant. But before we get to that, we're joined today by the wonderful Sarah Raven. Welcome to the show, Sarah. How are things in East Sussex? They're great. It's it's finally sunny here. We've actually been snowed in for the last 10 days. Have um, you? But the sun is out and the birds are singing. So uh, that's something to be thankful for. <laughs> oh, yes. That's so, it's always feels so hopeful when you get that first little bit of sunshine that actually makes it feel like spring's on the way isn't it yes the the sun here has been trying determined to get through the clouds and it's finally broken through and the blue skies even come through as well so it's lovely uh here in Essex and so we always like to start off by asking our guests about some of the things that have gone really well in the garden for you so would you be able to tell us about any of your real standout gardening successes in your gardening career um yes discovering cut and come again the whole the whole thing of discovering plants that the more you pick the more they either flower or crop mm-hmm. um in terms of something like a cosmos in terms of cut flower or something like a salad leaf like mitzuna in terms of edibles Mm-hmm. And um, it was a real sort of uh, revelation moment for me when I realized I could just go back and pick them again and again and again. So if you pick on a Friday, by the following Friday, the same flowers have gone back, grown back, if you see what I mean. And so they're in your house and they're in your garden. So for me, that that was um, when I became addicted to gardening. Mm-hmm. It's funny with those cut and come again salad leaves, because you almost when you're a new gardener, you think, am I allowed to do this? Yeah. Is this going to be okay? Yeah. Am I just going to spoil the whole crop? Yeah. You know, it, it feels almost counterproductive exactly. to do that. But um, what a wonderful thing to be able to yeah, do. Yeah, it is. And it, it's also knowing how to pick them right. I mean, that's one of the things that I've done lots of experiments with here at Perchula over the years, which is how often you can go back and repick, and um, and also which months you should do which sort of picking technique. And And I think that's the sort of, if you're going to grow cut and come again, it is important to know how to harvest. And it's basically that what I found from sort of October until April, I only picked sort of three or four leaves from each plant and go then go on to the next plant and on to the next plant. Whereas uh, between May and kind of September, I can pick the whole plant in one go as long as I cut an inch above the ground. Um, and do you um, do you have any particular favourite um, cut and come again varieties that you'd like to recommend to the dirt listeners? Yeah, very much so. I, I'm, so when I'm making a salad or picking a salad, which I'm about to go out and do now, um, I always start with picking a lettuce because that gives you crunch. And my favourite for this time of year for sowing sort of February, March time is a variety called Black Seeded Simpson. Mm-hmm. And it's really hardy and it's cut and come again. And then I always move on and pick a, a strong tasting salad leaf. So either a rocket or a Mitsuna or one of the mustards. And so mm-hmm. that would be my second thing. The third thing would be a cut and come again herb. And for this time of year, I use the um, flat leaf parsley or coriander. And coriander is one of the herbs that a lot of people grow slightly wrongly because we associate it with Asian food. We think it likes it hot and dry. In fact, it likes it cold and wet. So March, April time is a perfect time to sow that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would be picking coriander and then I might pick an edible flower as my fourth ingredient. And for this time of year, I'm picking 
any of the primrose or polyanthus mm. family and any of the viola or pansy mm. family. That oh, sounds okay. delicious. Maybe really fancy a salad now. <laughs> yes. I never normally fancy a salad at this time of year. I'm just such a creature of habit and it doesn't get, it's, you know, it's as soon as summer hits that suddenly I crave them. But um, really? maybe I need to start growing more year round so that I can uh, go out for a nice winter salad. Mm. Yeah, you want different You want different flavours in winter. So you want really peppery, almost like horseradish or mustard or rocket, you know, peppery. Whereas in the summer, you want citrus, fresh flavours. So sort of fragrant things like tarragon and sorrel and stuff like that. But so, I mean, I eat a salad or even two every single day of the year. But they're very different. Each mouthful is different. I love that. Yeah, and uh, and also how I pick them, I I tend to pick w- with rubber bands on my wrist, and so I'll pick a bunch of one thing and then move on to the next thing and bunch the first with the elastic band, put it in the colander, move on to the next, bunch it, mm. put it in the colander. Then when I get in, I just shove it in the sink uh, of cold water and leave it for two hours, and then I dry it. But I all the way through, I leave the rubber bands on so I can then get the right balance of flavours in the bowl. That's such a good tip. I never would have thought of that, but that's such a good tip to to do that. Mm. So part of what we want to do here on The Dirt is to take some of the fear out of gardening for people that might be new to it and show that actually it doesn't matter if you make mistakes because the gardening pros make mistakes too. So would you be able to tell us about any fails you've had in the garden or any funny mishaps that have happened or anything like that uh, yeah I, I once um was planting tulips I, I'm a big uh, tulip fan I absolutely love them mm. and I I had read um I think in a book of Christopher Lloyd's actually from Great Dixter that you should plant your tulips deep so I did um I, I planted my tulips eight inches deep and I even got a ruler out and measured it. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, the next spring, not a single tulip appeared because <laughs> I basically buried them in Australia. <laughs> and uh, so that was very disappointing. I bet you've never done that since though, have you? <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. But I do put them in six inches deep, but I wouldn't go as much to eight. I reckon I probably crept up to about 10 inches and they never came up. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, but it is it is good to plant tulips deep because it means the squirrels don't dig them up. That's right. that's the reason. That was my thinking, um, and it makes them more perennial. In fact, but yeah, that was too deep. Yeah, I think there's actually that's one of the things where um, making mistakes in the garden can be a good thing because then it's definitely the way that you learn, isn't it? Oh, I've made so many mistakes. I mean, um, you know, planting. I don't know, pink next to yellow. I like I like colour clashes, but that that particular one, I'm I mean certain tones of pink and certain tones of yellow, but I don't like primrose yellow next to Barbie pink don't don't work for me. <laughs> um so I've definitely made lots of colour mistakes, but uh, I, I'm a real believer in experimenting and it, it just doesn't matter, does it? I think just go with it. Mm. And also if you're growing things from seed. It, you know it isn't an expensive item so that's why it's it's really good to just experiment definitely and I think that um experimentation is one of the things that's really exciting about gardening however long you've been doing it and also the fact that no two seasons are ever exactly the same so so true you're always kind of creating little experiments throughout the season every year yeah, and you, you? you absolutely never stop learning I mean I'm I'm learning about gardening all the time and and if you have a restless mind like I do, then there's nothing better because there's always something to retain your interest. You know, it never could be boring because it changes from one day to the next, let alone one year to the next. 
So you obviously mentioned um, one handy tip there about the elastic bands when you're collecting your uh, cut and come again leaves, but have you got any other hacks or shortcuts or um, little nuggets of advice that you could give our listeners as to things that they could do perhaps if they're um, looking to save time in the vegetable garden yes. or yeah. um, perhaps save money? Um, so there are a couple of things. One is um, I'm a real believer in the half moon gutter pipe for sewing. And so go to your local builder's merchant mm-hmm. and um, and invest in a two meter pipe, which you can then cut into sections with a hacksaw. And then I don't bother to block the ends. I just fill them with peat-free compost and sow my seeds well spaced mm-hmm. um, a good inch apart, definitely a good inch, if not two inches apart into the, into the surface. And then when they germinate, you can push one out of the front of the gutter into the garden position move the whole thing along if it's six inches for a salad leaf and pu- push the next one out and then move on another six inches the next one out so there's no pricking out or potting on which saves huge amount of time and you get fantastic germination rates mm. um so that is something that we do about 80 percent of our sowing for the vegetable garden in gutters now wow wow yeah and that's um that's such a good thing for people being able to use stuff that they might not have considered before. And it might even be something that people might have a length of pipe just hanging around in their yeah. shed and not have known what to do with it. And exactly. handy to know that there's another use for it as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I'm um, I'm a, a, a big gutter pipe fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is um, I, uh, I really love old water, animal water troughs for growing. So if you haven't got a garden, but you've got a yard, um, and even if it's in the shade in the summer, yeah. it doesn't matter. You can grow salad leaves and some of the herbs in the shade like mint. And um, the good thing about the water troughs is that they tend to have a good depth, so they don't need nearly so much TLC and watering. Mm. So again, just make sure there's drainage in the bottom and then just uh, you know fill with a couple of bags of peat-free compost and then you've got a container that will give you salads and herbs year round for decades because they never break and they don't rust so it's a it's a big initial outlay but it's something that will be there for life that could be one for you there Blake I love that yeah Yeah. I bet they look really stylish as well yeah yeah they do I particularly like the ones that aren't so shiny this is actually something that we were saying before you came on here I always whenever we get your seed catalogues in or everything I have such garden style envy because my garden never looks as beautiful as the ones do in your catalogue and I want to know how to do it yeah well I'm 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 uh lucky that (laughs) the photographer it's like taking a portrait of oneself isn't it I mean I'm allowed to select the the best views (laughs) so I think that's probably why um you know it's a very edited version so you're you're seeing the best of the best really in the catalogue um that's why it's there so it's not quite you know it is a fair representation sometimes you need that kind of escapism though to be honest don't you so yeah that's nice so what we another thing that we always like to ask our guests is is there one standout lesson that you've learned in the time that you've been gardening if there was one thing that you could pick out and say this is so important that I, something that you've learned just get stuck in um definitely um i i think gardening it, you you can't be cautious um if you make a mistake it just doesn't matter 
uh, particularly with seeds, um, you know, it isn't an, it isn't an expensive thing and you can always sow only a third of a packet of seeds. So that's going to make it even less expensive. Mm -hmm. But I think it's not, it's not the, um, the sort of hobby for the, for the cautious. You just got to get launched in, Mm -hmm. even if it makes a mistake, it doesn't matter because you'll learn by that and you'll do it differently next time. But if it's a success and it'll be triumphant, it'll make you feel um, fantastically good about yourself and your garden. Mm. So I'm a great believer. If there's one thing I would say, just get stuck in. I Mm. agree. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, the satisfaction of being able to, even if it is something as simple as a herb garnish or something or being able to bring a cut flower into your house that you've grown yourself the satisfaction from that is amazing isn't it it it? it really is having the outside inside is just one of the great life enrichers whether you know if it's a hen's egg or a cosmos or a pile of beans that you've just picked Mm. uh is that there's just nothing better in my view (laughs) there's nothing better Mm. (laughs) yeah no definitely um, now, before you go, Sarah, I was having a little listen before you came on to your new podcast, which is called Grow, Cook, Eat, Arrange. And it's wonderful and charming. And you host it alongside Arthur Parkinson, who um, lots of our listeners might already know, but you're a friend of yours. Um, so would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So um, Arthur and I normally teach here. So we teach gardening, but obviously... Um, with lockdown we haven't been able to teach face to face and we both missed it very much um, because one of the things about Perch Hill is it's about experimenting and so we're learning new things all the time Mm -hmm. whether it be about new plants or new techniques or new systems and um, and we just both really miss communicating so we decided to just carry on communicating but through the podcast (laughs) and so we chat about what we feel is either the most um, interesting thing to sow or pick uh, for the kitchen or for the vase in that week mm. and so it's a week by week podcast and it is grow cook eat arrange Arthur's not so keen on the veg but is very keen on the flowers and I love both but so he mainly concentrates on the on the flowers and I mainly concentrate on the edibles um, but it's it's just we've known each other and worked together for 10 years we're we're old friends and um, we have a laugh and hopefully teach what we've learned along the way. Absolutely. That come, it shines through, actually, that you are good friends um, and that you know each other well, I think, from the podcast. And it's always nice just, to, as you say, just a chance to catch up with people at the moment, isn't it? That's what Laura yeah. and I do at this podcast for, to be <laughs> honest. So it is nice. And if we can do it about, about something that you love as well and share um, knowledge at the same time, then even better. Exactly. And um, I give I give a recipe in each podcast. So hopefully people go away and think, oh, OK, this week I'm going to cook that. So that that's the idea. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of your gardening stories with us today, Sarah. Thank you. And thank you. I cannot wait to hear more from you and Arthur on the podcast over the coming weeks. Yes, absolutely. But for now, Blake, it's time to talk plug plants with Mike from Marsh's Garden. Hello, Mike. Thank you for joining us again today. Morning. Um, how are you doing? Yes, very good. Very good. It's uh, the brightest, sunniest day I've seen for a long time. So yeah, very happy. Looking oh, forward yes. to some some bit of gardening this weekend, I would think. Yeah, it really feels like spring is finally mm, on definitely. the horizon, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, so you're here to chat to us about plug plants today. Uh-huh. So just as a starting point, um, for anybody who might not know what plug plants are, could you explain a little bit about them? Yeah, sure. It's I think it is a term that people use a lot of these days, but uh, I suppose it is 
you know people coming into the into the gardening world and maybe not knowing what they are i mean essentially they're just they're just seedlings or cuttings in their own cells or in their own small growing cells um so maybe you've you've open sown on a, an open tray seeds before or planted four or five cuttings around the side of a pot mm. so they're exactly the same apart from they're actually grown and raised by the uh, commercial plug raisers and young plant growers um, as individual little cells so um, they've been around for quite a long time now as far as commercially used because they've been used for linked into the machinery uh, so they can standardize but like anything these days anything that comes in a square box that's standardized and you know what size it is mm-hmm. um, it seems to be a more efficient way of planting things so so really they they're, they're raised in just tiny little cells they're plastic trays about the size of a tea tray um, They've got a number of cells that may be only one centimetre, two centimetres wide by three, four centimetres deep, filled with compost, mm. uh, usually quite a fine compost so that it um, settles well. And there's no air gaps in there. And then uh, as I say, you can have 500 cells in there. You can have 40 cells in there, um, depending on the size and what uh, plant goes in it. Um, and what they're normally done is is is... Each individual cell then is either sown with a seed or it's sown or the cutting is pricked out into that cell. Um, so you know how many you're getting. It's a, it's a standardized way of growing plants, really. So they know how much, how much square meter they've got, how much size it is. Um, they are really quite just small, tiny uh, plants. They're, they're the next stage on from sowing seed, really, mm. um, and taking your own cuttings. Um, so it's 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 just a standard way of getting plants these days um they're easier to manage they're 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 good for sort of um uh, the the, the non-competent sort of seed sower really um so yeah and also they've introduced the last several years uh, a lot of the plugs you do get come with sort of biodegradable woven surrounds like Mm -hmm. a little net bag Um, and they're brilliant because because what they do is uh, is obviously when you when you're open sowing or filling compost in your seed tray, um, you've got to hope that the root system combines and binds all the all the plugs to all the compost together to make it into a little plug. Mm-hmm. But with the woven bags, um, it means that you've got a bit more bit more openness into the into the uh, compost, and but it still keeps together because the little woven bag keeps all the compost together and the roots can can work its way through and yeah. because they're biodegradable just put them straight in the ground mm-hmm. in the little bag and they disappear over the course of not a long time you won't notice it and the plant will grow out brilliantly so yeah they're, that's what plug plants are mm-hmm. really just um j- just a way of a, a different way of raising very young plants sometimes i think <laughs> and i found that there's a slight snobbery around plug plants um <laughs> you know from a certain chamber of the of the gardening community and uh, a section of the gardening community and um i wonder whether you could kind of debunk or combat that a little bit you know? well I, I i think it's it's just a different way of doing the same thing i mean i you know you, you can order your packets of seeds um and you sow them in your seed trays and probably that's your traditional way of doing it but you're mm-hmm. You know, you might not be that competent of doing it. You might not have the facilities to raise young plants. You might not have the time when, or you might have missed something. Or so it's it's not really better one way, better the other way. I, and I don't think anyone really should say, well, that's not really growing, or that's not really 
the right way of doing gardening you know it's it's just another stage it's just another stage on from i mean you, if you sow your seeds and you take your own cuttings you've got to put prick them out or take them out of whatever starting medium you put them in and put them into yeah. a larger pot that's all a plug plant is really rather than it being a plant that you've sown yourself and you've raised the cutting yourself the plug plants are really for using the commercial knowledge to get you to that stage mm-hmm. and then most most of them are mail order to be fair and then you order them and they come in the plug plant stage and they're ready it just takes out that first obstacle of um yeah, of getting if, them germinated yeah. really doesn't exactly it? It, 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 yeah it's just five or six stages of growing a plant plug plants are probably stage two and seed sowing stage one so it, it, i yeah. don't want to say there's any real <laughs> i mean you know you've always got the purest in any sort of hobby really <laughs> but it's, it's, it's 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 whatever is good for you you know you, you're going to yeah. get to the end the end result will be the same um it's not cheating by any means. It's just another way of doing doing the same thing, I would think. I also <laughs> yes. suppose as well you can uh, balance between the two in that if you sow your own seeds and then there's a particular crop that doesn't germinate especially exactly. well, then it's nice to know you haven't missed the boat entirely. You can then get plugs of that plant and yeah. try again. Exactly. I think that is, um, that's a very good point because it, it really is, it's either you've tried to sow your seeds and they've done well, which is which is great, prick them out and away you go. If they've failed and you hardly get any or something disastrously gone wrong, you can then order the plug plant. So it's, it is it is a timing issue. Or if you haven't got the space or the time to sow seeds when you need to or forget even, just too busy or you think, oh, I'll get around to that. Or quite, quite often like today, the sun's out and you think, oh, I'll do some gardening. And then you look at the seed and you should have sown it three, four weeks ago. You know, mm-hmm. Well, well, I've missed that for a season. <laughs> we haven't missed it for a season. You know, just reorder, order the plug plant. Is there anything more frustrating <laughs> than yeah. that? Yeah. You know, I think that's that's one of the biggest, biggest things I think with people coming into gardening is when do I yeah. do things? And it's usually when I wanted it. I want to, I want to, I want to eat my, you know, eat, eat my rhubarb this afternoon. Just, oh, I should have planted it last autumn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, you mentioned the, um, ones that come in biodegradable mm. stuff that you can plant straight in the ground. I know sometimes when people receive plants through the post, the concern is what do you do yes. with them straight away? Do you have to get them in the ground straight away? So how do you grow your plug plants on? Like, is it essential to get them get them planted as soon as you can? Or yeah. if you're a bit time-strapped, are you able to keep them healthy and happy in their packaging for a little um bit yeah it, it is it is a tricky one i mean it, you've got to treat them as as uh, almost like babies you know they're very young there's there's not much to them they need a lot of support and a lot of care and almost immediate attention so um <laughs> quite often you'll get them through the post and um i think a lot of companies are now moving away from plastics but you know you still get them in plastics or you get them in biodegradable packaging and they are only little tiny plugs so that you know they're only only this, some of them can only be the size of the end of your, your small finger, you know. So there's not a lot of compost in there. There's not a lot of root in there. There's not a lot of vegetation in there. There's enough, but there's, it's not the substance you get on a two or three litre pot. So I, I think you, as soon as you can, almost within that day, if you can open up the packaging anyway, um, we always recommend open them up, uh, immediately get some air to them, space them out just take them out of the packaging they've arrived in quite often even though they're well watered and absolutely perfect when they leave the nursery they will dry out a little bit through the 24-hour postage or whatever postage it comes in Um, and rather than 
giving them a drowning or getting a big watering can and just absolutely sort of like a Niagara Falls all over them. Just almost just fill a little bit of saucer, bit of water, really quite shallow, almost like feeding the cat, something like that. And just put them in there, just put the little plugs in and let them soak up the moisture. Um, so they're taking up the moisture at their own rate. And because they're quite hard as well, they will, if you give them a bit of a, a water, a physical top watering, say it can run off and not really get in. So give them half an hour of watering, something like that. Um, and as soon as you can, I know it's it's quite tricky. I know time is, is, is tight, but really within the day you receive them, you should really be trying to pot them up. You could probably get one more day out of it, but no, no longer than that, really. So if you can, if you do know they're coming or, you know, if you've got everything ready, uh, the best thing to do, say, open the packaging, get them moisture, get them wet up um, and then get your pots ready. And then I think the pots, depending on what size plugs they are, um, most plugs are probably suited to a, a six or seven centimeter pot, maybe a nine centimeter. But if you look at the size of plant you get and you drop it in a pot and it looks completely lost, it's too obviously too big if you if you're trying to put it into a, a small pot you that's fine but then you might have to pot that onto a larger pot before you pot it onto your final position so somewhere in the middle six seven centimeter pot that sort of thing would be fine um i usually say just just fill the pot up fairly loose you know it's, it's a small plant it doesn't need um a lot of sort of pushing in and, mm. and real physical exertion to get it in so keep the compost quite loose when you fill the pot so i'd fill the pot to the top I then just then get a dibber, as usual, your pencil or your dibber, make a, a hole the size, similar size to the plug you're dropping in. Try and pick the plugs up by the leaves. Uh, they've usually got the seedling leaves on, which are usually the fairly standard round ones, uh, depending on what it is. But try and pick them up gently by the leaves, not the stems. The stems are very, very fine. Uh, and the roots are probably a bit stronger, but you really want to be just lifting the lifting the plug up by the vegetation and dropping it into the pot, yeah. into the little hole you've made. And then if you just tap it down, give it a very small push, that's it. Don't don't give it a good firming. You know, it's not it's not concrete. You're not trying to hammer it yeah. down. Um, and it will root out from that. Lovely. Um, and then the best thing to do, again, overhead watering, just be very careful. If you can use a rose, you know, a very fine rose, so it's very gentle rain almost, that's great. Don't Don't use a watering can without a rose and because you, all you'll do is wash it you wash it away or you disturb it um, again best thing to do is maybe put it into a seed tray with water so the moisture soaks up through the compost and into the plug itself um, and then for people that have a greenhouse or a heated greenhouse just put them in there if you haven't got a heated greenhouse windowsills are fine uh, just somewhere a bit warm and a bit light uh, and you should really see they'll probably do nothing for a while because they're there's a little bit of checking going on between growing on the nursery, then coming to the post mm -hmm. and coming to you. Mm -hmm. uh, but you should, you should see, once you start seeing the new growth on the top, then you've done your job and away you go. Uh, I'd leave them until you can see some of the white roots just coming out the bottom of the pot. Uh, just one or two. So, so you know that the root system is, is, is really getting to the bottom of the pot. It's starting to fill up the, the compost area that you've got and the top growth should go. And then, then they become, ready to put in wherever you want them to um you know into the final position into your grow bag into a bigger pot to grow on on the patio or plant out in the garden or plant out in your in your allotment so they're really that they're they're a way that i wouldn't say guarantee but if you've ordered six or 16 or 60 that's how many you get and they're all viable mm -hmm. 
they're all healthy they've all been graded on the nursery um you know nobody gets 100 percent germination none of the professional growers do so they do all the work to grade them out for you and you get lovely healthy plants yeah. um or sim- i know it's simple but all you've got to do is grow them on really but that th- that does make life a lot easier so you've got those plants you don't have to have that um that fun of pr- it is fun pricking them out from a seed tray but it is a bit you know you pull the odd one out and there's no roots on it you think oh i think i've just um i just severed that plant in half yeah. um you know there's none of that so if you're not confident in pricking out or, or teasing out the roots or that sort of thing then plugs are great plugs are the right thing and the other thing that a lot of people are now doing uh, mail order garden ready plugs so it's it's almost it's sort of the biggest plug you can get that just goes straight in the garden. So you don't, you you don't even have to prick it. You don't even have to put it into a bigger pot. And again, it's, it's timing. So the smaller plugs uh, usually start earlier in the season. So you've got the seed raised, then you've got the smaller plugs, then the garden, garden ready plugs. So if you've got garden ready tomatoes, they're almost same size as, as, as a fairly good, strong grown tomato and then go straight into the grow bags. You don't even have to pot them on. So Yeah. yeah, they're very versatile and they're available um plug plants sort of from april all the way to to sort of late may depending on what the variety is it it is the start of the growing journey so you've got to get them in early but obviously the growers and the commercial suppliers will tell you when things should be put in the ground and that's when your plugs will be available so they're just a great way of getting going great way of of raising young plants without maybe the the seed side of it or even the cutting you know cuttings are, are great fun but they can be quite tricky and quite daunting and, and some of the soft cuttings you know fuchsias and geraniums you know you're not going to have mother plants to take cutting from mm-hmm. so you know use use the expertise of the commercial plant raisers to um give you a good strong rooted out uh cutting um and then away you go and and commercially the the value compared to say a one liter or two liter pot later in the season you know the fantastic value as far as as far as cost goes so as, as long as you're willing to put a bit of time in um, and it's it's just part of the part of the process, and it's part of the fun, really, of doing it. It's just another way of raising plants. It's it's nothing more than that, really. Yeah. It's nothing. There's no snobbery in, in, involved, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and people can order plug plants from marshallsgarden.com, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. So we we basically uh, try to be uh, keep things uh, simple. So we we've got super seedlings, which are really quite very small. Uh, but they're they're like leeks and and uh, onions, you know, really sort of small plants. But that's what they are when anyway when you sow them in the seed, they're single, almost single, single leaf type plants. Uh, and then super seedlings, which are slightly larger, uh, which can be different types of brassicas or early or, or sort of seed raised bedding type things. Super plugs, which are just the next size on, which again are mostly into sort of the cutting side of it or larger tomatoes. And then the garden ready plugs, as I said, which um it's just so almost if you don't do your plugging in say april for or late april for tomatoes you can have super plugs later on so you're not missing out you don't think oh, i'll miss that first season you know the garden ready plugs straight into the garden mm-hmm. um so it's, it's a wide range of plugs really but uh, it's 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 down to what the plant prefers so you know small plugs for the small plants that's what they that's what they should be the super plugs and the larger garden ready plugs you'll just get a larger plant more root system um but it's it's just the almost the evolution of the plant really further up the chain um so yeah a uh, wide wide range of plugs um uh, yeah especially this year you know it's a fantastic extended range that we've done this year 
uh, we've narrowed say we've narrowed it down so we, we it's clear what size plug you're getting um, there's lots of instructions on the website about how to basically what i've just been saying about how to do it and how to look after them so yeah give it a go brilliant so if you've been struggling in previous years to germinate a particular type of veg then get over to marshallsgarden.com and and just get yourself some plug plants instead Absolutely. and take that hassle out of it yeah, Absolutely. Give it a go. And thank you so much for joining us again today, Mike. Um, it's been great to chat to plug plants and I'm sure we'll speak to you again soon. Um, but Blake, for now, shall we go and talk about some gardening news? Blake. Yes. I have some local news. <gasps> local? Local to me news that I found Ooh. on the Ipswich Star and I think it deserves a shout out. Hit me. I will. Um, <laughs> goodness. Um, so there is a school in Ipswich called Cliff Lane Primary School. Oh yeah. And the school has launched a new gardening club to encourage children to maximise time outside during lockdown. We all need that, let's face it. We do. The club is called Seedlings and it's a virtual club. Um, so although the children are remote learning, they are still getting outside. And um, the club, it says here, was designed to promote the idea that children's health and happiness can be enhanced by being outside and active in nature during lockdown. Hmm. So the learning assistant, Teresa Poole, who set up the, the Seedlings, Um, posts challenges and gardening lessons onto the school's online learning platform and then the children complete these at home and upload photos of their projects and it says here so far the club has built bug hotels created pine cone bonsai trees and prepared sweet potato slips to grow sweet potatoes inside oh cool so wait they do the activities at home and then they show everybody Yep, on the online learning portal. Although children of key workers who are still going into the school um, have apparently planted four fruit trees in the grounds as part of their plans to create an orchard. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah, it's basically about promoting the benefits of being outside, being in nature, growing plants and the sort of the well-being angle as well and keeping Mm. active. And How cool for those kids that are still at school because they're the kids um key workers Mm. that they have planted these trees though yeah and they're going to be able to watch those grow yeah and like you could go back to the school in however many years and yeah an orchard there like you were one of the ones that planted it that would be so cool so you said that they've been building bug hotels obviously we all know about those and growing from sweet potato slips Mm. um but what was the pine cone bonsai tree well i'm glad you asked because i also wondered that and googled it oh yeah yeah and basically it looks like to make a diy pine cone bonsai you basically get like quite a fresh pine cone i guess (laughs) one that hasn't opened so it still has its seeds inside then when it opens up the seeds sprout like a little bonsai tree. Yeah. So you have it in a little pot, like an indoor. Yeah, and I guess that's probably what prevents it from becoming a behemoth. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> um, so yeah, I just, it's really cool. And I wanted to give a little local shout out to, to Cliff Lane Primary School. And if anyone from or knowing of Cliff Lane Primary School happens to be listening, do get in touch and send us some pictures of the pinecone bonsai trees because oh, that'd be fun we to would see. love to see them. Uh, so I was reading when I was searching um, this morning for any news, etc. Came across a new RHS piece of research that's found this super super plant. Mm, a super super plant. <laughs> <laughs> right. I had that in my head to say, and then I just didn't say it properly. Yeah, it's a super plant because it absorbs pollution. Oh, obviously, lots of plants do, but this one absorbs 20% more air pollution than other shrubs. Wow. So it's thought that it might be a really great thing to start planting more of at the sides of roads with heavy traffic because um, it's going to soak up that pollution and get it out of the air, mm. which is cool. That's great. And I mean, you weren't wrong. That is a super, super plant. Yeah. And now I'm going to practice my best Latin work by okay, go for it. pronouncing Cottonista franchetti is the name of it. Yeah. And it's a dense hairy leaved plant um and it has little red berries on it as well so oh, nice. i feel like i've seen these around um anyway but yeah the lead researcher dr tijana blanusa said on major city roads with heavy traffic we found that the species with more complex denser canopies and rough hairy leaves such as cotton easter were the most effective uh-huh. we know that in just seven days a one meter length of well-managed dense hedge will mop up the same amount of pollution that a car emits over a 500 mile drive wow. which seems like quite a cool impressive snap yeah definitely and i mean that is actually an impact isn't mm. it so it's, yeah wow that is really cool it's just a nice little bit of positive news because i feel like all the time at the moment, there's not enough positive news going around. Yes, so we want a lot of positive news. A little bit of, little bit of We want a lot of positive news and we want gardening puns. Ideally, the cheesier and the most <laughs> ridiculous is what we want. That's all we want from life. It is. It is. As you know, that and a nice cup of tea. So with spring not far away, I feel like you must have some jobs on the plot for us to be getting on with this week. I certainly do. The clocks are springing forward this month. And I'm sure all of us gardeners will agree, the lengthening days are extremely welcome after a long and lockdown winter. Seed sowing continues in earnest, tentative outdoor sowings if the weather is playing nice, or more undercover gardening if you're located in a cooler spot. If you haven't already sorted planning of your plot, do this now before you start sowing outside. If you practice crop rotation, remember to check where you grew your carrots and brassicas last year and avoid these spots for those crops. If you're a container grower, now is a great time to get your spuds into their planting bags. Use a generous amount of multi-purpose compost and place the bags in a bright and frost-free place for the best results. Although it's an exciting time of year and it can be tempting to get a whole batch of crops underway as soon as you can, especially if you've got a greenhouse, do remember that spacing between plants is important. Cramming them in can pose issues such as fungal diseases as the humidity rises, so remember to leave adequate spacing between plants for airflow. You can always sow more a couple of weeks down the line. 
As ever, we'd love to see what you've been up to in the garden. So get in touch on our social media platforms and use the hashtag GrowWithGYO to get involved with our celebration of growing your own. We hope you have an enjoyable and productive week on the plot. And until next time, from all of us here, happy growing. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of The Dirt in partnership with Marshalls. Marshalls Garden is an online gardening shop where it's easy to find everything you need for gardening all in one place. Founded over 75 years ago, its heritage is in supplying vegetable seeds and plants, including seed potatoes, onions, fruit plants and trees to grow your own gardeners. The company's passion, expertise and excellence continues in 2021, where it will launch over 130 new seed varieties. Specialists in garden care, Marshalls has the best range of compost, fertilisers, controls and hardware you will find online. Order from the easy-to-use website or from the delightful catalogue for convenient delivery direct to your door. You'll find lots of help and advice on the website, including growing guides, seasonal advice, monthly jobs and inspiration for projects to do in the garden. Just visit marshallsgarden.com for more. And don't forget to subscribe for free to make sure you never miss an episode of The Dirt. We'd love it if you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to tell all your lovely garden and allotment neighbours where to find us. Plus, as a special treat, we've got an exclusive Grow Your Own magazine offer just for the dirt listeners. Head to growfruitandveg.co.uk forward slash gpod7, that's G-P-O-D and the number 7, or call 0800 904 Seven triple zero, and quote GPod seven to receive seven issues of our magazine. Grow your own straight to your door for just twenty nine ninety nine. That's eleven ninety four off. Every issue is edited by me and the team, and is packed with gardening advice and jobs to tick off your list. And a big bonus: each magazine comes with a selection of free seeds, so you can get growing straight away. Check the episode notes for details and terms. And on a final exciting note, we're on the hunt for podcast guests and the next one could be you or someone you know. If you, a friend or a family member, has some great gardening advice, dirty gardening secrets or funny plot disasters they'd like to share, let us know by emailing thedirt at growfruitandveg.co.uk.